You're tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The following program is a rebroadcast of Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill. Welcome to The Miracle Hunter, where it doesn't matter if you're a believer or a skeptic, it's always worth the hunt. My name is Michael O'Neill. I'm The Miracle Hunter and creator of the website MiracleHunter.com. I'll be your host for the next hour as we continue our weekly exploration of the world of miracles. Now, I hope that all of you out there had a wonderful and relaxing 4th of July weekend. It's definitely a great time to give thanks to God for the many blessings He's been bestowing on our country. I have to be honest, I have been waiting for today's program for weeks. I'm really excited about it. We're going to be talking about one of our Church's most incredible approved miracles relating to the events surrounding a miraculous statue in Akita, Japan in the 1970s, starting on July 6, 1973. That's roughly 41 years ago this July. Sister Agnes Sasagawa of the Handmaids of the Eucharist received 101 messages emanating from a bleeding wooden statue of the Virgin Mary in the style of Our Lady of All Nations. Scientists confirmed that it was in fact human blood, and this sister who was once deaf miraculously received her hearing back, along with many other miracles. The phenomenon was approved by the local bishop, but it still remains unknown to most of the West and is the subject of great controversy due to the apocalyptic nature of the messages associated with the events. We're going to clear all of that up today when we talk to one of the top experts on the subject, Dr. Rosalie Turton from the 101 Foundation. And of course, in just a bit, we'll be asking you a Catholic trivia question, so get your pens and paper ready. Later in the show, we'll be talking about how Our Lady is honored around the world on today, July 8th, in our segment, 365 Days with Mary. More information on this project can be found at 365dayswithmary.com or on Facebook, 365 Days with Mary. This week in Miracle News, we have a story reported by ABC News just a few days ago with the headline, Brazilian Child Healers Earn Big Bucks in Booming Business of Evangelical Christianity. So faith is sometimes so intoxicating that it can even fill the sick and suffering with the improbable hope that a 10-year-old child will heal them with a simple touch. Such child healers in Brazil are only part of the growing chorus of self-anointed miracle workers. This explosive spiritual movement is 44 million followers strong in Brazil. Anyone can become a pastor, says Professor Eduardo Refkaleski, who studies the business of churches in Brazil. And he was telling this to ABC News Nightline. He says anyone can open a church. Evangelical Christianity is the fastest-growing religion in Brazil, and some say it's threatening the Catholic Church's historical dominance in the country. It's, quote, it's a very informal business because the money just goes directly from the wallet of the member to the wallet of the pastor of the church, Professor Rafleski said. There's no control of the money, end quote. 
And that has made salvation a booming business in Brazil, and the number of churches, this is a quote, is rising more than the number of members, Rafflevsky said. So interesting things going on in Brazil. Um, obviously, uh, we need to pray for that situation there. So that was this week's Miracle News. To keep up to date with the latest in Miracle News, please visit MiracleHunter.com and sign up for our newsletter. You'll receive a monthly email with the latest Miracle Hunter news, including reports on the latest Miracle News stories, links to past radio episode podcasts, updates on my television series, Miracle Hunters, now in development, and my book, Hunting for a Miracle, due out in fall 2014, any upcoming speaking engagements, and much, much more. So sign up for the newsletter on MiracleHunter.com by clicking the newsletter link at the bottom of the page. Now it's time for Catholic Pub Trivia. Each week I'll be asking a trivia question and giving out a prize for a caller that gets the right answer. And this week, we'll be giving away a framed image of a piece of artwork entitled The Faces of Mary. It's a photo mosaic of over 100 images of Our Lady that form a large, beautiful picture of the Madonna and Child. We've been giving away this same image in past weeks. You can check out the image at MiracleHunter.com on the homepage. Trivia questions are generously provided by Catholic Pub Trivia, an organization that partners with Catholic parishes, schools, or religious organizations to host Trivia Night fundraisers at local establishments. For more information on Catholic Pub Trivia or to organize an event in your area, please visit catholicpubtrivia.com. And we always try to keep the questions related to the theme of the day's program. We're talking about a devotion that arose in Japan in the 1970s, so here's the question. What Spanish missionary and co-founder of the Society of Jesus is known as the patron saint of Japan? That question again, what Spanish missionary and co-founder of the Society of Jesus is known as the patron saint of Japan? And we'll see if you have the right answer. And for more information on Catholic Pub Trivia or to organize an event in your area, please visit catholicpubtrivia.com. For those just joining the program, this is Michael O'Neill, and you are listening to the Miracle Hunter Radio Show. And for more information on my research or this program, please visit MiracleHunter.com. Now it's time for the question of the day. We'll be reaching into the mailbag or email inbox, as it were, for a question from a listener. This week, the question is, Dear Miracle Hunter, is it true that there is a staircase in a church somewhere in the United States that was built by St. Joseph. Blessings, Jimmy. Well, thanks for your great question, Jimmy. I think you're referring to the Loreto Chapel in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which is a former Catholic church that's now used as a museum and a wedding chapel. And it's usually known for its unusual helix-shaped spiral staircase known as the Miracle Stair, and the Sisters of Loretto there, credit St. Joseph with its construction. It's been the subject of much legend and rumor, and the sisters of Loretto relate it in this story. They say, needing a way to get up to the choir loft, the nuns prayed for St. Joseph's intercession for nine straight days. On the day after their novena, and it entered a shabby-looking stranger who appeared at their door, and he told the nuns he'd build them a staircase, but that he needed total privacy, and he locked himself in the chapel for three months. He used a number of primitive tools, including a square, a saw, and some warm water, 
and he constructed a spiral staircase entirely of non-native wood, so it wasn't from the area. The identity of the carpenter is not known, for as soon as the staircase was finally finished, he was gone. Many witnesses, upon seeing the staircase, feel it was constructed by St. Joseph himself as a miraculous occurrence. The resulting staircase is an impressive work of carpentry. It ascends 20 feet, making two complete revolutions up to the choir loft without the use of nails or apparent center support. So that's pretty interesting there. It has been surmised that the central spiral of the staircase is narrow enough to serve as a central beam. Nonetheless, there was no attachment unto any wall or pole in the original stairway, though in 1887, 10 years later, a railing was added and fastened to an adjacent pillar. Instead of metal nails, the staircase was constructed using dowels or wooden pegs. The legend claims that the mystery had never been satisfactorily solved as to who the carpenter was or where he got his lumber, and that there were no reports of anyone seeing lumber delivered or even seeing the man come and go while the construction was being done. He left before Mother Superior could pay him. The Sisters of Loretto offered a reward for the identity of the man, but it was never claimed. This may all be legend, however. Uh, Mary Jean Straw Cook, author of Loretto, The Sisters, and Their Santa Fe Chapel, investigated this, and Cook found that in 1895 there was a death notice in the New Mexican, which is a newspaper there, that named an architect, Francois-Jean Rochas, as the builder of the handsome staircase in the Loretto Chapel. So the case was investigated and subsequently reenacted in the Unsolved Mystery episode, Miracle Staircase. So this may all be a pious legend, but it is a marvel of craftsmanship nonetheless. Now, we have a caller on the line who has the answer to Catholic Pub Trivia. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hello. All right, so I'm going to reread the question for the audience. Uh, What Spanish missionary and co-founder of the Society of Jesus is known as the patron saint of Japan? St. Francis Xavier. Yes, that is the answer. St. Francis Xavier. In 1570, there were 20 Catholic missionaries in Japan, and the most famous of whom was Francis Xavier. He arrived in 1549, and he was influential in the evangelization work, most notably in India. He also went to Japan, Borneo, Maluku Islands, and other areas which had never seen a Christian missionary. So thank you so much, Jessica, for calling in. Where are you calling in from today? Washington, Louisiana. All right, wonderful. Well, thank you so much. You've got the correct answer, and we'll be sending you out a framed image of the Faces of Mary. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you. So that was Jessica with the correct answer to Catholic Pub Trivia. And for more information on Catholic Pub Trivia or to organize an event in your area, please visit catholicpubtrivia.com. Next up on the show, we're going to be doing our segment 365 Days with Mary, and that's something we do each week on the Miracle Hunter radio show. Uh, For each and every day of the year, somewhere in the world, there's a Marian title, a feast, or a commemoration of an apparition or other miraculous event that's celebrated. It never ceases to amaze me how much the world loves the Mother of God and honors her throughout the year. Now, the Project 365 Days with Mary collects all the dates with their feasts into one resource, 365 Days with Mary. Each entry features images, a description, and history of the feast day, along with information on the shrines associated with them, including visitor information and links for people who wish to see these places. The project is available in print in the form of a daily organizer, as well as online at 365dayswithmary.com. They're also on Facebook and Twitter, where if you like them, you'll automatically receive information about each feast day and learn more about how our Blessed Mother is honored on that day. So 
So be sure to like 365dayswithmarried.com and on Facebook, visit them to see the project. And the print version in the form of a daily organizer makes a great gift for anyone with a devotion to Our Lady. Now on today, July 8th, we have the devotion called the Our Lady of the Snow, and that's found in Adro in Brescia, Italy. It comes from the year 1519. Now Adro is a town and commune in the province of Brescia in the Lombardy region in northern Italy. The story goes that on July 8th, 1519, the Virgin Mary appeared to a deaf mute, asking him to build a chapel in her honor and have him make amends for his sins. The Virgin appeared saying that she was the Mother of God, and she gave a message for the people of Adro. Her message contained a reference to how to improve their Christian life and asked them to build a sanctuary. They were to make amendment for their sins, turn away from a sinful life, show reverence on holy days, to stop blaspheming the holy name of God, and to refrain from other sins, as she said. If they do not, they should expect a punishment. She also asked that a sanctuary be built on that place. Mary then said, If the people wonder if you have, in fact, seen me, the advocate of sinners, simply speak, and everyone who knew that you cannot, they will believe. And miraculously, he began to speak. The the miracle of the deaf-mute who began to listen and speak quickly gave rise to a small shrine in 1521, and it was visited by St. Charles Borromeo and visited by Popes John XXIII and Paul VI. And that was today's feast, Our Lady of the Snow, in Adro, Brescia, Italy, from the year 1519. Be sure to visit the Project 365 Days with Mary on Facebook and online at 365dayswithmary.com to find out more about this devotion and any of the hundreds of other Marian devotions celebrated around the world. This is Michael O'Neill, and you are listening to the Miracle Hunter Radio Show. And for more information on this program or my research on miracles, please visit miraclehunter.com. Now, today we are talking about one of our Church's most incredible approved miracle stories, the events surrounding a miraculous statue in Akita, Japan, in the 1970s. Starting on July 6, 1973, Sister Agnes Sasagawa of the Handmaids of the Eucharist reportedly received 101 messages emanating from a bleeding wooden statue of the Virgin Mary in the style of Our Lady of All Nations. Scientists confirmed that it was in fact human blood, and the sister who was once deaf miraculously received her hearing back, along with many other miracles. The phenomena was approved by the local bishop, but still remains relatively unknown to the West, and is still the subject of great controversy due to the apocalyptic nature of the messages associated with these events. We are talking today with one of the top experts on the subject of Our Lady of Akita, and we welcome to the show today, Dr. Rosalie Turton. Hello, Michael. Hello, welcome to the program. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be part part one. <laughs> of, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to cover as we discussed before in the story of Our Lady of Akita, and uh, it is an approved uh, phenomena in our church. But many people still have never heard the name Our Lady of Akita. Can you tell us a little bit today the story of Akita and how how we can learn more about that? Well, yes, the story of Akita is very interesting. Um, it's a little convent in Japan. It's uh, not too far, maybe nine miles away from the Fukushima um, when we had the tidal wave and so forth. Um, it's up north. It's very cold when people want to go to Siberia. That's the way they go, up, to the, up top end of Japan. And Our Lady was carved out of, a, out of one piece of wood by 
uh, a Buddhist artist, because there, there are very few Catholics in Japan. Maybe 5% of the people are Catholic. Not many. And um, here were a group of Catholic nuns, a small group, were 10 when they started. They got as high as 40 at the time of the apparitions. What happened is they carved a statue that was... Uh, the artist carved a statue that was given to him, a copy was given to him of a picture of Our Lady of All Nations from Amsterdam, Eda Pierdeman's vision. Yeah. And it showed the cross standing in back of the statue. So he carved it in one piece. That's the way it was, one piece. Very important. And um, it was a katsura wood. It was a beautiful wood. An interesting thing happened about that statue in that later on, the face and the hands turned dark, but the body and the rest of it turned was it remained light wood. And they asked him about it, and he said, "No." He said, "When I carved it, it was all one color." Hmm. Now you notice that many statues and many paintings they turn dark, and it's like Our Lady of Chenstow, you know, different different Einsteldine, and many of them are dark images. Um, Our Lady of of um, there's so many, so many. And they turn dark, and they say, well, it's the, it's the uh, flames of uh, the smoke from the candles. Oh, right. No, it's, an, it's a supernatural thing. We don't exactly know why, but it happened that way in Japan as well. And that statue actually came to life and spoke three times to Sister Agnes Sasagawa, a nun who at that time uh, was, was uh, getting deaf, was, and was deaf, but she heard... Our Lady speak, and she heard her guardian angel speak, and she had some very, very serious messages. Now, it seems to me, in, in what I've read, uh, and you can tell more a little more about this, is that uh, Sister Agnes encountered a bright light or something coming from the chapel, and that's what drew her. It was almost like flames, and it was so bright, she went down on the floor and prostrated herself, and um, just stayed that way for a long time. And while the door was open... That happened, and that happened on July fifth, and um, July sixth is the day that Our Lady, the statue, spoke to her, and she was again in adoration. And see, the bishop had Bishop Ito, and I met him. I was there five times. Had uh, made a little prayer, and he asked the sisters. He composed it. He asked the sisters to say it every day, and it was a Eucharistic prayer. And while she was saying the prayer with her angel, Our Lady interrupted and added one word. And the prayer actually starts like, Most Sacred Heart of Jesus, present in the Holy Eucharist. They had just started and said, Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. And they were about to say present. And Our Lady said, Truly, quite loud. That was the first thing she said. Hmm. And... Uh, from, from then she spoke to Sister Agnes, and she says, from now on, when you recite this prayer, add the word truly. So when we type this uh, particular prayer, and I have prayer cards here, we uh, make that word large because Our Lady, we capitalize it, Our Lady said she wants it always to be included because we should realize that Jesus is always present in the Holy Eucharist. So... Um, there were a, it was a long message. Our Lady gave three long messages, and some of them, as you say, were apop- apocalyptic, and uh, it frightened some people. But there were tremendous phenomenon. Most of these things happened 
in uh, 1973. Now, I'd like to say, many people ask me when they call, because they know that I wrote the first American book on uh, Akita. John Hafford had translated the book that Father Yasuda had written, and he put it into English. It was in Japanese, then it went into French. And John could read French and translate, so he translated it into English. And we started uh, the... Uh, actually, it was 1989 that this book came out. Wow. And that was 27 years ago. So uh, many other books now have been written. Uh, just you know, knowing that I was going to talk to you, Mike, I got at least four books here that I started to read thoroughly. Oh, thank you. Yes, once again, to refresh my mind, even sure. though I've been there. Sister Agnes prays for me every day. She said that recently on the phone. And she also, and I pray for them every day, all the sisters, because Bishop Ito asked them to pray for me. And that was 27 years ago. And huh. so since then, I've been praying for them. Now, the convent at that time had 40 members. But right now, it's much smaller. Um, there are only 17 nuns, but only 14 of them live there. And of that, four are young ones, and the other 10 are older. And that, that's one of the reasons Sister Agnes isn't there. Many people call me and ask, well, tell us about Sister Agnes. Tell us what's happening. What's, what's happening in Akita? Sister Agnes hasn't been in Akita for a while. She has been near Tokyo in a place um, near Nerida Airport. And uh, it was like a St. Joseph Garden or St. Vincent Garden, a garden. And she lived there with Father Yasuda and another nun. And um, she, she was always with... And Father Yasuda, incidentally, just died. He was 97 years old. He died in November. He died mm. of joy. After he died in November, uh, she was told to go with the other nun to a southern climate, way down... The, below Nagasaki, way down, and um, that place, the, the town of it is called Kuyushu, and, and, and the little town in Kuyushu is Kumanato, Kumanoto, K-U-M-A-M-O-T-O. Now, um, we don't want to know, we can't, I can't tell you specifically where she's at, because mm -hmm. she requested, and we just talked to her last week, she requested that now she would go into seclusion. She wants to be um, she wants to be f forgotten, and she wants to be um, lead a hidden life and doing the work she's doing. She's very happy in the South. She didn't think she would be. She was very sad when she had to leave the, the, the little garden where she'd been the last few years. And, um, and, and of course, when Father Yasuda died, her, uh, the, the superior wanted her with uh, a priest with the, uh, and with a job. So her job is now taking care of little children in the school. Uh, she doesn't do it alone. She's 83 years old, and she's not healthy. But she's very happy, and she's actually improving with her health. She's always been sickly, always. And um, Well, thank you for sharing that. I know there are many people who wonder about uh, Sister Agnes and what, what she's doing now after following the apparition. So, so thank you for giving us that update. And for those just joining the program, you're listening to the Miracle Hunter Radio Show, and we're talking with Dr. Rosalie Turton from the 101 Foundation. And Dr. Rosalie, tell us a little bit about going back to the story of, of Sister Agnes. When she first started encountering these, these uh, messages, what did she do? Who did she tell? Uh, how, how did the, the word get out to, to the bishop and to others? 
Well, the bishop used to come and visit this little convent. He started it, and generally they were lay women because you have to have a certain number to actually um, have, have the bishop approve it as a as a, a firm new religious order. So they were like a secular order. They wore habits. They were very. They lived there in the convent, most of them. And um, but see, Sister Agnes had been sick all her life. When she was uh, sixteen years old, you know, when she was nineteen years old. She had an appendectomy, and there was an error in it, and then she suffered paralysis. So she was immobile for almost 16 years. So mind you, she's in her 30s in bed, one after apparition, apparition after another. And she was healed. Uh, she, she got out. She was better. But then she went, uh, joined some convent um, and was only there for a month and went into a coma. And then she was healed. They gave her some drops of Lourdes water. And she was healed. The, the mm-hmm. Akita apparition is so phenomenal in that it encompasses many other apparitions. It encompasses Lourdes because of the Lourdes water. It encompasses Fatima because of the Fatima prayer and the 13th, things happening on the 13th, and fire falling from the sky. That's a message from Fatima. Our Lady says if the people don't do the five for Saturdays and... and um, Reparation, reparation to the sorrowful and immaculate heart. Um, nations will be annihilated. And what uh, Sister Agnes said is fire will fall from the sky. Many other visionaries have said at least one-third or one-quarter of the world, that amount will be left. In other words, two-thirds will be destroyed or three-quarters will be destroyed. It, it, you can, I, I can mention a number of visionaries. Um, Anna Marie Teiji, for one, says uh, uh, two-thirds of the world. Another one said three-quarters. But something is going to happen. Fire will fall from the sky. It, many visionaries are saying now it's too late to change. We can mitigate it, but it's going to happen. And um, early in 1973, Sister Agnes then began to lose her hearing. And then comes all the events in July, August, and then in August, she had another vision, and in October, Our Lady appeared to her three times and gave three messages. Other times, messages were given to her from Our Lady, but they were given to her through her guardian angel. She saw her mm. guardian angel very often. Another thing about the Fatima message, we all know the little prayer, Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from yeah. the fires of hell, that prayer. Sister Agnes was taught that prayer in the hospital by her guardian angel in Japanese. And yet, it had not been made known in Japan. It wasn't printed in Japanese yet. No one Mm. translated it. But that was another tie with the apparitions in Fatima, a tie with the apparitions in Amsterdam. Yes, the statue, right? Yes, when they didn't know, when the artist didn't know what Our Lady looked like, they gave him a picture of Our Lady of All Nations. And he carved our statue, the statue with her hands out, and the cross behind her, just as it is in Amsterdam. Now, you remember, do you remember, uh, Mike, in Amsterdam, what her main uh, title was? It was Our Lady Co-Redemptrix Redeemer. You know? That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, here she is attached to the cross. Very unique. And that's right. the way the Akita statue was carved. She, it's one piece of wood. She really is the co-redemptrix. That's part of the Akita message as well. Mm-hmm. One of the messages at Garabandel, that's another uh, the 
children were told, priest will be against priest, bishop against bishop, cardinal against cardinal. And Sister Agnes gets the same message, but there was a little twist to it. She got priest against priest, said in Japanese, bishop against bishop, said in Japanese, cardinal, said in Japanese, against cardinal, said in English. Mm, she didn't know what that word meant. Now, what it did is affirm the message from Garabandal and other messages, other places. So what I see in this particular apparition of Our Lady, and she did come alive. She became alive. The statue moved and uh, talked, and she heard it. She's deaf, but she heard it. And what I see is there's a correlation. The, the mes- messages are related they're related to Lourdes, they're related to Amsterdam, they're related to Garabandel, they're related to Fatima, and all of it is the same thing. They're related to John the Baptist. He says, repent. And why is the statue crying? Because God gave us something, which maybe is bad for us, but then again, it's good for us. He gave us free will. And the reason it's bad for us is we can say no to his commands. We can say no to his love. But it's good for us because if we say yes, we can get into heaven. God promises all eternity. And he says if we pray to him and obey his commandments, we will go to heaven. And Our Lady was crying because so many are not listening. One of the messages that Our Lady gave later through her guardian angel was that we should pay attention to the five first Saturdays. That's another message from Fatima. Now, many people have the feeling that one of the reasons we don't have peace is because the world has not been yet consecrated to, uh, the Rus- that Russia has not yet been consecrated to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And yes, Our Lady did say that, but that was only part of it. The other part of it, and the stronger part of it, was that we are to make the five first Saturdays, for the intention of making reparation to the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary. Now, if, if every Catholic, I'm not saying everyone in the world, but if every Catholic made a communion of reparation on the, fi- on the first Saturday of the month for five Saturdays, and did the simple thing she's asking, go to Mass, go to confession eight days before, eight days after, always making the intention of making reparation to the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, and giving 15 minutes of meditation, we would have peace in the world. That was her promise. That was her promise at Fatima. She was reiterating it again in Japan. And she was crying to show us we weren't doing it. She shed blood to show us we weren't doing it. She told us that fire will fall from the sky. You know, one of the messages that always frighten me even more than fire. Do you want to know what it is? If people don't convert, the remission of sins... Mike, can you finish that sentence? If people don't convert, the remission of sins will disappear. Mm. Now, you and I know remission of sins is confession. And we get absolution. And after I heard that message... Now, remember, I was there in the 1980s, 1990s, five times. I met Sister Agnes each time I was with Bishop Ito. He asked me to do this work, incidentally. And um, so that's why we printed the book, and we get the messages out. And um, 
I'd like to stop for one moment before I tell you uh, about my opinion on the remission of sins will disappear. But I told you, Mike, that usually when I'm on the radio, I give gifts, uh, and I, sometimes I give free ones, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to offer two gifts. One of them, if anyone wants to send $30, I'm going to send them uh, almost a $70 value, if they want it, all about Akita. And there's going to be the Hill of Redemption, that particular DVD. It's, it's, it's the story of Akita. It's exactly, would you believe at the time, take a guess how long it lasts. It lasts 101 minutes by accident, <laughs> by God's accident, because she wept 101 times. Yeah. So I'm going to send that DVD. I'm going to send two videos, one called Tears of Love and another one called Garvin Burn. I'm going to send my, a, a newspaper. I'm going to send two uh, prayer cards, and um, it's going to be all postage free. So if anyone wants that, then there's another package for $50 if anyone wants that, and it will include two DVDs, one on Tears of Love, one on, on Hill of Redemption. It will include a poster of Mary. It will include three videos, one in, uh, the two I mentioned before and one on St. Joseph, and a, a, a 20 by 13 inch uh, picture in a tube of the Lady of Akita. Um, that's over $120 value. And you might say, Rosalie, how can you send for a $65 value for $30 or $120-some value for $50? One of the things, you just hit me at the right time, because we're downsizing. We're moving from a building that has three warehouses into a, a smaller building, and we're downsizing everything. So uh, you, you just got it at the right time, Mike. Now, if anyone wants to do that, we don't want phone calls, because uh, it, it, the labor is, is too much. But you can email us. Can I give the email number? And, Mike, will you write it down, too, in case someone calls you later? Sure. Okay, it's very easy. It's a number, 101. And why 101? Because that's how many times she wept. Okay, I'll repeat it. 101 at 101foundation.com. I'll give it again. 101 at 101foundation.com. And you can just tell us if you want the, the $30 item or the $50 item, we'll send it. You send us a check or you can give us a credit card number or whatever. And we're happy to send these out. It's a great value. Uh, the DVDs are fantastic. Uh, the, the, uh, I know many people don't have videos anymore, but most of us still have a video machine. And two prayer cards. One of them is um, about four by five. The other one, they're both laminated. And the newsletter and the picture for those who want that. Um, so just indicate, uh, email us, 101 at 101foundation.com. And just say you can just say add add me to my mail add add me to my mailing list your mailing list and not do anything. But if you want one of these items, which are tremendous buys right now, and you'll get a lot of information about Akita, then indicate whether you want the thirty dollar item or the fifty dollar item. And I I think it's clear. Uh, I'll just give you a, a, a mailing address as well if you don't have email. May I do that, Michael? Oh yes, please. Okay, it's one hundred one Foundation, Post Office Box. 151 Asbury, A S B U R Y, New Jersey, 08802. The DVD alone is 2195. So, I mean, you're getting five other, five other items plus the DVD for 30 bucks, and, and it's a really good buy. Now, one more thing I want to say about 
what we were talking about. When Our Lady said, the remission of sins will disappear. Mike, how do you think that can happen? Well, it's only through the, the power of God that, that any of these things are possible. Right, right. Now, what it means is there's no more confessions. That's what it means. And what would stop confessions? Either there are no priests or fewer priests, or the priests that are around don't want to hear confessions or don't have time for confessions, or, and this is the worst one yet, people won't realize that they're committing sins. Mm -hmm. They will think everything goes. You want to live in with your boyfriend or your girlfriend? That's fine. Mom and Pop did it on both sides, so what's, what's the big deal? They won't know a sin from the obe- obeying the commandments. And when that happens, when people's conscience gets too lax, you know, it, gets di- it, it dies more and more. Just like sin, when a person becomes evil, they become more and more evil when they give in to the devil. And they begin even to live hell here on earth. But if they become holier, there's two things you have to do. You have to pray to our God and obey the Ten Commandments. If you pray and obey, you know what happens? Everything becomes a blessing. Everything. All blessings come. It's ABC. All mm-hmm. blessings come if you pray and obey. Because you know, you know, I mean, if we, Romans 8.28 says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who loves him those who obey him, according to his purposes. He has a plan. So everything that happens to you, if you have obeyed him, and if you love him, you've obeyed the commandments and you've prayed, if you do those things, everything that happens to you, without exception, without exception, is for the good of your soul. Everything. And that's why it's so easy to be at peace. When you are a Catholic, it's just wonderful how we've been given all these graces. I would, oh, I would be so sad if the remission of sin actually disappears when there are no priests. I would be so sad if the church is closed, if priests are against priests and bishop against bishop and cardinal against cardinal. But predictions say that that's going to happen. And that was one of the things that was said in Akita, Japan, was part of the messages. The, long, the messages were quite long, so I don't want to read them. We wouldn't have time. And maybe but let me let me ask you this question. I think uh, there has been a great amount of controversy, even from the uh, Japanese bishops' conference, relating uh, to very good. To this. It's a good question. Let me tell you this: mm-hmm. there were two commissions. When we read about it in the books, they don't usually mention the first one, but there was a first commission, and there were some very important people on that commission. Very important people. They never even came to Akita. Never came there. Now, mind you, the apparition, the messages were all in, in, in 1973, all three messages. There were other messages, but then there were other phenomenon. The statue began to weep, and it began to weep in 1975, in January, and it cont- continued weeping until 1981. There was an interval of about a year and two months that it didn't weep. But on and off, it wept between 1975. This is two years after the messages. Many things happened. Many things. 
such things as the confessionals began to stink, horrible smell, when the sisters went to confession. As soon as they came out, it was a wonderful fragrance. The statue itself, uh, the hand wept, the right hand, the left hand wept, where our lady, where Sister Agnes's uh, right hand wept, and um, it wept for a, a number of uh, months. And that's when the beginning of Sister Agnes's stigmata formed, and she has the stigmata even now. Now, one mm-hmm. thing I know Sister Lucia from Fatima, because I was John Hefford's assistant for about 20 years. He's the founder of the Blue Army. Mm-hmm. And I worked with him for about 20 years. And he told me, because he met Sister Lucia a number of times, that she continued to see Our Lady, even though those apparitions on the 13th of the month stopped. They were finished. But she still would get, because they, the priest would ask messages. Like, example, this is Fatima now I'm talking about. Lucia, why is it that Our Lady asked for only five first Fridays, uh, first Saturdays, when there are nine first, Saturday, first, first Fridays? I'll repeat the question. Why did Our Lady ask that we go and co- receive communion and, and uh, make reparation on the five first Saturdays, when there are nine first Fridays? She didn't know, so she asked Jesus, and he told her. All of this happened afterwards. Many times there were questions like this. For example, one of the things Jesus said was that you are to go to confession and communion on the first Saturday. Well, later on she was asked, well, what if people can't go on the first Saturday? What if they're working? What if there are no confessions on the first Saturday? What if it's not possible? So then Jesus said to her later, well, they can go eight days before or eight days after, but they must always make the intention. And the intention is to make reparation for the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary. You know who's the worst offender on this, Michael? It's the people who are the daily communicants. They don't treat the first Saturday any differently. They don't make the intention of making reparation to the sorrowful and immaculate heart. They don't do it when they do their confession. They don't do it when they do the 15 minutes meditation. They don't do it when they receive their communion. And they don't do it when they pray the rosary. Those are the four conditions. And yet, that is one of the main conditions for uh, uh, receiving the promise of the five first Saturdays. And Our Lady said, those who do it, I will be with them at the hour of their death. You'll have Our Lady helping you. In other words, you cannot possibly go to hell. You cannot possibly. She even said, those who uh, wear the scapular, they'll have the Sabbatine privilege. And um, she said, if you, if you uh, make those intentions and also do things in reparation for uh, the Immaculate Heart and Sorrowful and Immaculate Heart of Mary, and you live purely according to your state in life, chastely according to your state in life. And one, one man said to me, but I'm married. I can't live chaste. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Chastity doesn't mean abstinence. Chastity means fidelity. You're faithful to your wife. You have no other girlfriends, no other lovers, and she's faithful to you. That's living chastely. And those who are single, of course, it means there's no sexual uh, activity unless you are married to a person of the opposite sex. You know what's hurting America right now? There's three things. It's abortions. It's gay marriages and gay relationships, gay activity. And the third one, People don't even realize this is people uh, living together without marriage or fornicating. 
those are the three things for which we're bringing down the wrath of the God, on, wrath of God on this country. And um, there's so many things to study about these messages. Uh, you, you know what? I, I think I'm going to throw in with these gifts. I'm going to throw in three Akita books. Three. Now, now I'm getting 25 percent of, <laughs> but I'm not changing the price. Okay, so, so that's of, the thirty dollar and the fifty dollar. That's right, on both. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. going to throw in three books on Akita. One is called The Meaning of Akita by John Haffert. One is called The Tears and Messages of Mary. That was written by Father Yasuda, and it's translated by John. And that's a that's a bigger book. I'm looking at the number of pages here, and it's over two hundred pages. And another little book, Our Lady and uh, Our Lady and Angel and Sister Agnes. Now, those, I think I have enough. If I run out of that one, well, you won't miss it as much. But I will throw in three books on every one of these offer. So instead of six items, you're going to get, and nine, you're going to get nine and 12 for $30 or $50, whatever you want. I know people don't have money, but I can't go much cheaper because, as I said, the DVD alone is twenty one ninety five. And each one that's of the that's very generous, and people can go to 101foundation.com or email you at 101foundation.com. Uh, and place they'll that also order. get a copy of our newsletter. And it, it has, in the last newsletter has two articles about Akita. Now, one of the reasons, Michael, that I'm successful is because I am generous. Believe it or not, God responds in like. You know, and I'm always giving, usually I give one thing away free to uh, you, they can even find out how I give these beautiful crystal stations of the cross, or, or there's some that are black, they're made from um, the lava from obsidian, they're polished obsidian, or, or, or we have crystal from Czechoslovakia. We, we make these, and we give them away free, but there's a, there's, there's a condition. The condition has to do with, but they'll find out about that, because they're going to find out about it in my newsletter. I'm going to attach that sheet as well. So now I'm going to just, you know what, I put them aside so that the, the people who are working in my office will know what I'm giving. So <laughs> I'm going to add two more sheets to, to make you know what's happening with the 101 Foundation. Okay? But here it is, because it's a limited number, and when this is not played anymore, then no one's going to ask for these. If I put it on the website, I'm in trouble. I'm out of business. Okay. Okay, that's I'm already, good to know. I'm generous, <laughs> but I don't want to be foolish. That's right. And we only have a little time left on the program today. Um, but I did want to cover, uh, before we go, uh, sort of, there's, there's all this controversy about, uh, as Cardinal Ratzinger, when he was head of the CDF. Let me tell you, the First Commission never went to Akita, and they came up with a negative finding. In the meantime, Bishop Ito himself, saw the statue weeping a number of times. He heard a Sister Agnes, and, he, and he, one time he called, and she got her hearing back. I mean, it was amazing. And he smelled the terrible smells, and he, there were snakes, and, they, and Father Yasuda came in and dispatched them with a, with a pitchfork and with a shovel. I mean, all kinds of things happening. And Bishop Ito was certain, so he went to see Cardinal Ratzinger. And, and at that time, he was a propagation of the faith. He was in charge of that. And said, what can I do? My commission came up with a finding that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. because I myself have seen it, but they've never even come to Akita. And these are influential people. And in Japan, they lose face if 
if uh, they're proven wrong. And it was very hard because these people were high up in the um, in authority and also in uh, education. So I don't want to mention names. But then Cardinal Ratzinger said, simply form a second commission. Now, the second commission approved the apparitions. They said they were thoroughly authentic. And they approved these apparitions while the weeping was still taking place on September 15, and, and 1981, and that was when the weeping, the weeping stopped on September 15th. But the, the um, second, um, the, 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 well, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting mixed up here with these messages. But the second commission, they came up with their answer September 12th, 1981. So the weeping was still taking place for three more days. But then the weeping could stop because now the apparitions were approved. The second commission came up on September 12, 1981, and they declared the apparitions authentic because Bishop Ito himself believed it. And then three years later, he waited three years, 1984, Easter Sunday, Bishop Ito wrote his pastoral letter approving it. So anyone who says that these apparitions are not approved are thoroughly wrong, thoroughly wrong, because Bishop Ito did not accept the findings of the first commission. And one final question here for you today before we go. Is yes. there any distinction made between the phenomena of the weeping and the messages when the approval is given by Bishop Ito, or does his approval cover both? His approval covered both. His, he, in fact, he didn't, he didn't separate any of the phenomenon, all right? Because many things happen with the angel. Many things happen in the confessional. Many things happen with the tabernacle. Many things happen. All kinds of things were happening. And... The weeping, you know how many witnesses there were? And they were Christian and non-Christian, because most of the people in Japan are non-Christian. There were over okay. 500 people that saw that weeping, and they took tears of every one. And the first commission accused Sister Agnes of a thing called ectoplasm. And what's that, she said? Well, that's when you project your own tears onto the statue. Well, a number of times the statue wept. She wasn't even there. She was sleeping or she was away visiting her family. She wasn't even near the convent. And then they said, well, uh, then how do you explain ectoplasm now? And they said, well, there must be another sister that has this ability of ectoplasm. <laughs> now, the whole thing was ridiculous. There's not even such a word in, in uh, medical history, but right. they made it up. Uh, now, Bishop Ito was very distressed about all these things. So when he, w- he went to the Vatican, because he truly believed that Our Lady was speaking, but he certainly suffered with the statement that fire will fall from the sky. I mean, yeah. this is long before we were talking about, this is 1973 and in the early 80s, um, long before we were talking about end times. We didn't talk about end times till we said, oh, at the turn of the century, when the year 2000 comes. And for us, in the 1970s and 80s, that seemed long time away, 25, 30 years away. I mean, it's, you know, why, that's a long time away. I'll be dead and gone, maybe. Many people felt that way. But see what's happening now? Really, I would like to come back again because I have been there. I have seen so many things. I haven't even begun to touch on what happened in Akita. I haven't even began. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, uh, Dr. Rosalie. It's a fascinating, fascinating apparition of Our Lady, and we're happy to hear the history of it and hear about the approvals of it. There's so many questions. There's so much controversy out there. 
I think you cleared up a lot for us. So thank you so much. And right. people, to find out more about the 101 Foundation, the, your website again? The website is 101 at 101foundation.com. And just remember now, for $30, I'm giving nine items. And one of them is, and the DVD, the videos are like 16 and the DVD is 21. But I'm, I'm going to leave it at $30. And this is only for people listening to this program. It won't be posted anywhere. No one else can do it. Only okay. you people who are listening. And for $50, you will get 12 items because you get the picture in the tube and you get another DVD on St. Joseph, which was made in England. And um, so there'll be 12 items instead. And, uh, I mean, we, we want to get this message out. And you're going to have the very best information. The DVD that runs in 101 minutes was made by John Bird. And it, it, it's, that's a fascinating story itself. Because he's, I, do I have a couple minutes yet, Mike, or am I? No, right? I'm sorry. The show is wrapping up now, so uh, okay. people well, have I'll to. Okay, well, I'll tell you about it next time you call. But there's some okay. miracles that happen with that show, that video. But it's, it's fascinating. It's, if you don't like anything, we'll re- reimburse you your money, okay? And uh, no questions asked. But I'm sure that you're going to be fascinated by what we're offering. And only okay. because I can do, I can do this because we're downsizing. And so... Um, it's more than I should give, I suppose. Nevertheless, time is running out. We've got to get the word out. You people have to know about it because you have to save souls. I have to save souls. Mike has to save souls. And all of you that are listening, your mission is to bring people back. And you don't have to say, hey, you've got to become a Catholic. Hey, you've got to go to confession. Hey, you've got to go to communion. Hey, no. Just show them this material. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Rosalie. We're out of time for today, but we appreciated you joining us on the show today. And that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Rosalie Turton, for joining us on today's show. Be sure to visit MiracleHunter.com as your resource on miracles, and keep up to date with Our Lady is Honored Around the World at 365DaysWithMary.com. Thank you so much for joining me today on Miracle Hunter, where it doesn't matter if you are a believer or a skeptic, it's always worth the hunt. You're tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill.